to Janine Bathina, the Creative Director of the City of Coventry. Um, welcome to Talking Travels and Other Stuff. I'm really excited to hear what Coventry has to offer. So, Hi, Sarah. Lovely to be with you. So, Coventry, that is not the city that I would necessarily think of as being particularly um, cultural. <laughs> how has how it come about? How has the, um, the City of Coventry been been in the making yeah well of course Coventry itself is a thousand years old but um, we uh, back in um, 2015 um, we participated in a big kind of national competition um, to put ourselves forward as a city of culture so um, some of your viewers may um, know that there was a city of culture in Derry Londonderry in 2013 which was the first UK city of culture and really the UK city of culture program was inspired by European capital of culture and the last one that we had in the UK was Liverpool 08 which was a tremendous success and has really transformed uh, the city and the people of Liverpool and, and, and their visitor um, economy as well. Um, so UK City of Culture was set up and then back in 2017 Hull hosted uh, the second UK City of Culture and in 2021 will be the third UK City of Culture and to be honest with you it's really cities putting themselves forward and showing how having the title will make change happen for them and their city um, and to really look at how culture, the arts, heritage, um, how focusing on that can really develop and grow uh, not just the identity of a city but also strengthen communities and, and create a kind of a better uh, ec economic future if you like for the city. Brilliant because I guess a lot of cities have cultural aspects which aren't necessarily promoted um across the uk or even you know internationally and i believe that you're working with international companies so your your city is going to have humongous appeal all around the globe no we're quite a small city we're only like three hundred and fifty thousand people so we're not one of the big cities but actually we've got um a fantastic gallery in the city center the herbert art gallery um and we've got the Belgrade Theatre, which was the first theatre, just a little fact for you, the first theatre built after World War II, the first civic theatre. Um, and actually it's called the Belgrade Theatre because um, we invented Twin Cities, the whole kind of concept of Twin Cities. And one of our Twin Cities is Belgrade uh, oh. in Serbia. So, uh, so we've got Belgrade Theatre in Belgrade Square. Um, uh, and then we've got loads of independent art artists and a real kind of grassroots kind of uh, revolution of, of, of artistic activity. So although we don't have lots of building based arts organisations, there's a huge amount going on all over the city and in all of our communities. Brilliant. And you said that um, you had quite a big 
proportion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so we wanted to create an opening event with the people of Coventry. We always kind of in our minds, we called it like the people's opening because um, it's a really important moment for the city, you know, after six years nearly um, of preparing for this. Uh, we'll have this big moment, which I suppose we want people of Coventry to help us to make it, to shape it, to create it. But also we want them to perform in it and um, be part of that really exciting, amazing moment for the city. And, you know, really um, tell the story of the city, not just, you know, the heritage and the history, but who we are now, you know, what we stand for, what the identity of the people are and, and what we hold dear. Um, and what the future looks like for us as well. So to be quite optimistic, hopefully. Fabulous. And what actually makes the city of Coventry distinctive? Yeah, well, it's been so interesting. I mean, I've lived in the city for nearly three years now. Um, and since I've been here, the, the thing that struck me the most is the caring nature of people in the city. There's a huge amount of kind of local community grassroots activism. Um, people really care for one another. Um, you know, like many cities in the country, there are a lot of issues here, whether it's mental health or homelessness or, you know, issues around, you know, young people who um, get involved in knife crime and stuff like that. Um, um, and, you know, over the recent years, you know, austerity has really hit. Um, and so people are looking out for each other. And actually what we've seen in that is a huge amount of creativity. Um, and so it's a really creative city as well. Lots of, as I mentioned before, lots of grassroots uh, creativity, um, a real kind of groundswell of community arts. We've got nearly 100 uh, community dance companies in the city. Um, and we've got great music uh, scene. Um, it's a place that invented two-tone back in the 1980s. Um, again, at a time when there were some difficult moments going on in the UK around racism, you know, black artists and white artists in the city came together and they created this amazing musical movement, if you like. Um, and so, um, you know, there's this great musical uh, vibe in the city. Um, and our music education hub does an amazing job with schools, working with young people, getting people singing and playing. And so, yeah, so it's a really great um, creative scene in the city. Fab. And is all of that, the whole spectrum with music, dance, arts, um, schools, you're getting the schools involved, performance, all of that is going to be encapsulated in across the year. Yeah, so I suppose the opening event is, is for, for me, it was about really making sure it tells the stories that people want to tell about Coventry and that people are involved in that and creatively involved in that. But then throughout the year, every project we do is built with communities in the city. Um, and we started to talk, we announced um, 15 events uh, this week um, that we're going to be... Um, uh, putting on in the city but every event that we announced whether it's with big partners like the Royal Shakespeare Company or smaller uh, companies or artists all of them are rooted in our communities so we're doing a fantastic project with our care homes in the city um, bringing over a fantastic Japanese company to work with them um, to really uh, develop stories um, inspired by dementia but kind of a playful 
take on that, you know, um, but also revealing some of the real issues that come with that. We've got a fantastic project with the Royal Shakespeare Company, um, which is with faith leaders. We've got projects with schools, with libraries. So we're really trying to build the programme with our communities, but still working with amazing artists from the country uh, and internationally, as you mentioned as well. Fabulous. Oh my gosh, sounds very exciting. And uh, is the programme set in stone at the moment or are you quite, you know, obviously with COVID? With yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, we were planning to announce uh, our programme or some of our programme back in April, but obviously uh, the pandemic hit um, and we've spent the summer really just reimagining what we, what we can do. So there are some there are some projects that are now fixed that we're going to be doing but I suppose within the project things may need to be a bit more flexible so for example with the opening event we know we're going to do a big opening event we know we're going to build and create it with people but we want to remain a little bit flexible in terms of how we present that so you know is there a big mass spectacle like you might expect for an opening event or do we have to think about how we do it slightly differently, particularly if we're in lockdown or um, the measures that we currently have are, are in place? Um, we, we have to do it differently, but, but that's a great creative challenge for us. And hopefully it sets our year apart because it means that um, people will come and experience, um, you know, the first city of culture in a global pandemic that um, yeah. is still ambitious and still amazing. But yeah, we have to remain flexible in order to be able to you know make sure that we follow government guidance absolutely when when is the actual opening when when is the launch yeah so we're aiming to open on the 15th of may in 2021 originally we would have been opening in january uh, i think most if, if people know about the cities of culture they normally run for a calendar year um but we're going to be opening in may just to give ourselves a bit more time hopefully to see through the pandemic um and we will still run for a year and we'll finish uh in may 2022 Fabulous. That's good. I was I was quite intrigued because obviously starting in January, when nobody quite knows what's what, at least it's a little bit more time and you can do a lot more open air events because hopefully the weather will have turned, etc. Amazing because actually, um, actually, we've been questioning why we, why people start in January because the summer is such a much better time to to open a program. You've got lot, hopefully lots of sunshine, lots of daylight hours. Yeah. Also, you're towards the summer holiday period, people yeah. want to be out and about a bit more. Um, obviously, you know, people are traveling around. There's lots of tourism. Mm -hmm. People want to go and visit other places. Whereas in January, it's difficult because it's dark and cold and people haven't got any money after Christmas. So I think we're quite fortunate to be starting in May. It means we can really start our year, hopefully, with a big bang. Um, yeah. Set us up, you know, for the rest of our, of our year. Absolutely, something to look forward to. I mean, I live in Brighton and we have the May Festival and it's huge, we all love it. It's definitely something to look forward to every year. It's not as big as yours. <laughs> and um, so, have you, do you think that um, some of your uh, artists, some of your programme is going to be turned into digital? Are you embracing the future like that? Yeah, we've actually, we already had a digital strand in our programme before the uh, pandemic hit. So um, one of my um, producers, his role is to look at um, 
digital technology innovation and how we bring that into the program and and test new ways of both creating work but also how audiences might engage or receive that work um, which isn't necessarily about just being online and doing it through a computer um, it's thinking about how we use digital technologies um, within all of the projects that we do really um, and there's going to be some amazing um, uh, initiatives through our year but we did announce this week an amazing uh, collaboration with Marshmallow Laser Feast who are a, a creative um, company based in London um, and they're really fantastic. They, they start, they've been using um, immersive technology. So I don't, I don't know if you know much about that, but you put on these kind of VR headsets um, and it takes you into this three-dimensional world um, where you can actually start to explore the space around you. And they're really interested in nature, the environment, as well as the kind of human body. Um, and so they're developing a project which really will encourage people um, coming, to the, coming to the show um, to um, explore nature. Um, and they've set the whole project in our, in our cemetery in Coventry. It's the, one of the oldest cemeteries in the country. It's called the London Road Cemetery. Um, and so you'll come along and you'll discover um, the natural wildlife, the nature um, of that cemetery, uh, using a whole mixture of headsets, of screens, maybe using your smartphone. Um, and I'm hoping it's a new way for people to start to uh, be part of, you know, a theatrical uh, show, um, but see the world in a really different way. Oh, I love immersive things like that, where you can actually get involved. Gosh, that sounds amazing. So it makes the legs a bit wobbly because it kind of throws <laughs> you off balance slightly. But um, it's really, it's really brilliant. Um, what they do is I saw some of their work recently at the Saatchi Gallery in London. And it's really the work they do. It's great. It's also really accessible. It's a brilliant show for all the family. You know, it's not just for people that like digital art um mm. it's 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 they're making a show for for as many different people as possible so yeah fab cool so that covers my next question really is there anything that's particularly innovative are you kind of working you know with new um ideas and i know that you're having the um the the girl walking over the girl kind of puppet that yeah me. yeah so one of the things, as I mentioned before, one of the things we wanted to make sure of with our city of culture is that everything we do is with communities in the city. And so one of the big communities in the city is the refugee and, and asylum seekers. Um, you know, over the last number of years, we've taken more um, Syrian uh, refugees into the city per capita. Um, I think than any other city. So, you know, we have big new communities and I really want to make sure they're involved and engaged and that mm -hmm. we, we, we hear their stories. Um, and so one project we're involved with, which is a national, it was an international project actually, is the, uh, a company called Good Chance Theatre. Um, they're creating this uh, three meter high puppet of a little kind of nine year old girl. Um, basically, um, it tells the story really of unaccompanied children who are 
having to make that long journey to freedom, you know, escaping conflict and, 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 and destruction and having to leave their families and friends in order to, you know, save themselves, really. Mm -hmm. So they're going to do this incredible project where this little girl is going to walk across Europe. I think it's about 5,000 miles, the journey. Um, and en route, she's going to stop off in cities or towns along the way, refugee camps as well. Um, and one of the last stops will, um, she, obviously, she'll start on the Syrian-Turkey border. She'll work, walk across the whole of Europe, cross over um, kind of uh, from Calais um, and then come into the UK. Um, and so Coventry will want be one of the final stops. And Coventry is the UK's only city of peace and reconciliation. Um, so it's really important for us. Um, that we tell that story, that we tell that story, which is about um, the welcome that we offer people, that Coventry is a place of sanctuary. Um, and so when the little girl arrives in the city on that day, uh, we want to give her the most amazing welcome. Yeah. And we'll be working with our refugee and asylum seekers uh, in the city communities um, just to really understand from their perspective what that welcome looked like for them. Um, and how you make that welcome even better um, mm -hmm. and to really make sure we have a great day in the city. I think it's going to be spectacular mm -hmm. um, as well as, you know, we have actually welcomed a lot of unaccompanied children to the city. So it's important that we tell that story as well. Um, but yeah, it should be really uh, an extraordinary uh, moment in what will have been a very long journey uh, in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I saw the, the trailer for that, it, it just looked like such a heartwarming kind of tear-jerking piece, it was like, you know, amazing to see and just beautiful for anybody to watch and take pictures and even if, you know, yeah. you touch a lot of, a lot of hearts, I think. Um, and, the puppet, and the puppet that's being made has been created by a company called Handsprung Theatre Company. Um, and I don't know if um, you know, but there's a, a brilliant West End show called War Horse. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they created the War Horse for that. So they've got great credentials around kind of large scale puppetry, if you like. <laughs> yeah. um, they're really, you know, they're brilliant. They're brilliant in their trade. Yeah. Oh, well, congratulations. That's a very good, <laughs> very, very good um, thing to see. So um, it's a citywide event. Um, you, you said the city's not that big. So are you kind of going to do a map? Are you going to do an app for to kind of um, coincide with the festival? Yeah, so there will be an app. We're going to be creating that um, in the coming months. Um, we Basically, when we've been producing the programme, the way in which we've been producing it is to work in neighbourhoods all over the city so that we can make sure um, we're creating um, amazing events on people's doorsteps, mm -hmm. um, as well as in the city centre, as well as in parks. So really making sure we're using the whole city as our stage, if you like. Yeah. Um, you know, the majority of our work will be outdoors or in found spaces or in community spaces. Um, obviously, alongside the work that we at the Trust um, are going to be producing, uh, the, the, the local theatres, the galleries, um, other kind of venues, if you like, they'll, be, they'll also be putting on an amazing programme. So there'll be a huge amount on offer. But I think for us, it's really important that we show the whole landscape of the city and that we work with all of those different communities in their local spaces and places. Mm -hmm. um, we know people in the city don't necessarily travel. 
um, and I wanted to make sure that everyone could take part. Um, so it's just a chance to really make sure we're doing extraordinary things all over the place. And to manage crowd control and potentially COVID, are, there, are all events ticketed? Quite a lot of events will be ticketed, but not everything. Um, again, we're being flexible around this. Um, uh, there will be some that we will need to ticket. And obviously, uh, in terms of planning for a COVID environment, um, we, we need to be very mindful of social distancing and cleansing and, you know, really making sure that we, we uh, create events that people feel confident to come to. Um, but if they are ticketed, um, probably a lot of them will be free tickets. It'll just be a case of making sure you have a ticket. Right. Um, there will be some paid ticketed events as well. Um, but yeah, just in terms of managing, you know, even outdoor spaces in terms of managing that, we will need to make sure we, we have some control over numbers. Yeah. And I guess that will make the, um, the visitors feel a lot safer. And, um, just a couple more questions cause I know I've stolen a lot of your time. Um, well, what are you looking forward to the most? Oh, so many people have asked me this question. Um, <laughs> Uh, to be honest with you, I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing all of our communities, you know, coming together and being proud of their city. Um, there are so many amazing events that we're going to be doing and we've only announced 15. You know, there's going to be hundreds of things going on next year. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, there's going to be some great homecomings. We've got Terry Hall coming back. Yeah. Um, who's uh, a Cov kid um, and he's going to come back and create an amazing weekend. We're going to have an incredible festival hub in the middle of the city centre, which will be um, putting on lots of entertainment, but also be a place hopefully for people to have a drink and some food and, and be able to, to meet up with other people. Um, and, you know, the, there's, there's so many things that are coming. I, I just really want to make sure that people in, sit, in the city are proud um, and that as visitors come, that they really get a really strong sense of Coventry and who we are and, um, and hopefully we'll want to come again and again. Oh, wow. I would like to come. I've never been. I'd love to come up and it's just choosing which, <laughs> which event to come to. And on that note, how soon will the programme be out? Are you announcing? Yeah, so we're hoping to announce the programme in the new year. Um, to be honest with you, because we're having to plan a bit more flexibly, um, it's likely that there'll be a few announcements rather than just one big one that does everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I think from the new year, there'll be some regular big announcements. But our website is up and running now. Um, and hopefully we'll be starting to put tickets on sale from February. Um, so if people are wanting to come to the city and see things, they can start booking for things. And also, we're, we're just about to open a, a kind of a shop, um, a mega store for 2021 in the city. So hopefully in the new year, that will be up and running as well. So people can also, when they come, get some mementos to take away with them. And what's, what's, a, Coventry, um, what's, what's a Coventry souvenir? <laughs> there are so many. I mean, I think the most iconic um, uh, place in the city is probably the cathedral and the ruins of the cathedral. Um, 
but also there's some amazing 20th century architecture you know we really kind of led the field on modernism um, when it comes to architecture so there's some brilliant features around the city and then obviously the work of our artists so we're trying to get our artists and our craft uh, workers involved so that they're creating the merchandising with us. Oh well Janine thank you for your time that's been super inspiring. Oh great lovely to chat to you thanks Sarah. Yeah, no problem and good luck with seeing you in Coventry. Absolutely cool okay <laughs> thank you take thank care. You. Bye. That's all folks thanks for tuning in see you next time what fun it's been Don't worry, she doesn't bite